Joining us on the line from Reader's Digest magazine, we say hello to Stephanie Verge. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning, John. Great to have you on the line. As always, we like to grab one of the amazing articles out of Reader's Digest magazine. And this one applies to pretty much everybody. Uh, A lot of folks want to know the ins and outs of hospitals. Mm -hmm, Exactly. That's why we decided to make it our cover story in our May issue. Um, It's something that affects all of us. If not us immediately, then certainly family members or friends. And we wanted to let our readers and patients know what um, information they must have for their own well-being. There is over 50, this is a big article, there's over 50 uh, tiny but but very poignant, uh, I'm going to say tips, uh, that mm-hmm. folks and a little advice that folks should consider, uh, many of which I never even thought of. Uh, this is a fabulous article. Let's just maybe pick out some of the ones that people may not be aware of. Uh, mm-hmm. One of those, I think, would be uh, you've got a whole section on knowing what to pack. That's right. So we have a number of tips um, within that section. One of the most interesting ones, which we're sometimes too embarrassed to ask or don't even think of, is um, requesting permission to audio record discharge instructions. So what happens is um, some people may choose to write them down, but an audio um, record of that information is even better. We forget when we're under stress, and we may not feel like we're particularly stressed, but um, the fact is being in the hospital um, does create a certain amount of stress in everyone, and we'll forget information that the doctors or nurses told us regarding our own health care and our discharge instructions. So one way to avoid that is ask if you can use your, you know, your smartphone or a different kind of device to, uh, to record those instructions to make sure we can transcribe them later or refer to them later. This is a great idea. I know just minutes after stepping away or stepping out of the hospital, um, my, my spouse and I are, are Uh, have different opinions of what we just heard. Exactly. Often in the past, people it's been suggested that people bring someone along with them so that that person can act as a a double-fail system, if you will. Um, But this is this is even better because the <laughs> the recording can't get it wrong. It's right there. It's not open to interpretation. Another thing to consider when you're uh, going into the hospital is the expense that can occur. Uh, you have a whole section, a number of tips on watching your wallet. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, this one particular point we're going to touch on um, came up during one of our uh, staff story meetings because this is something I'm sure we've all experienced at some at some moment, which is you get to the hospital parking lot and you're astounded by how expensive it is. And uh, now imagine if you have to go every day either for your care for someone in your family or your friend circle, that cost becomes astronomical. And so the Steep parking fees are one of the things that um, the patient-led advocacy group, Patients Canada, hears the most about from patients. And so what you can do is ask the hospital that you're going to whether or not it offers a discounted pass for frequent visitors. Not all hospitals do, but some, some do have that, so it's worth asking. One of the fears uh, a lot of people have within the hospital is that mistakes can be made and they're, you know, and it's hard to kind of keep 100% uh, on top of your own care. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are some, you got a whole section called Minimize Mistakes, a bunch of great tips to, to sort of alleviate that. Mm-hmm. So the fact is hospitals are run by humans and humans make mistakes. There's no way to avoid that. However, there is a way to minimize those mistakes and we can take charge of our own health care. We can become our own best advocates. One way to do that is, for example, if, if the nurse going off duty, because the nurses are the ones who, who take care of your chart more than, than doctors do even. And so if um, the nurse is going off duty, you can ask 
uh, him or her to discuss your care in your presence with a nurse coming on duty. So those communication errors that may occur in the transmission of information when, when you're being handed over, when your care is being handed over at the end of shift, uh, you can help minimize those because there are considerable mistakes made during that time, which is, you know, of course, to be expected, the amount of pressure that nurses are under, sometimes certain information doesn't get relayed. And so um, you can help be an advocate for your own care and have that information handy and say, oh, I didn't understand that that was what was going on, or uh, actually this is what happened. Now, we have to be careful. We don't want to overwhelm the nurses um, and end up affecting our care further, but it's certainly helpful. And there may be information that you weren't even aware of that you might want to be aware of because, you know, it's, we know ourselves best. Mm-hmm. So it's always, always best to have the most information possible. One of the uh, ongoing concerns, of course, whenever you're in the hospital is uh, uh, warding off infection, and there's a number of Mm -hmm. great tips about that as well. Right. So this is another one that's very difficult for people to do because we don't want to bother anyone, um, and it seems embarrassing as if we're telling people how to do their jobs. But it's incredibly important. It's about hand-washing. So there are many, many studies in Canadian hospitals and in other countries to demonstrate that hand-washing is the best way to minimize the transmission of infection or disease. And uh, one way that we can take that into our, our own hands, no pun intended, is to ask um, the staff member who's approaching us if they've cleaned their hands, if they've washed their hands. Uh, again, people are very embarrassed to do that, but it is it has been shown time and time again to be one of the most efficient ways to take care of ourselves in a hospital setting. And so uh, definitely people should consider doing that. Uh, this article has a ton of great insider information. A lot of that can be found under the section called Be Aware of the Ugly Truths. Uh, certainly mm-hmm. some things to be uh, afraid of. Right. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> but one of the points that I want to discuss um, is something that we don't talk about enough, and it doesn't have to do necessarily with our own health exactly, but certainly the well-being of um, health care providers. And so... There is a fair amount of verbal and physical violence or abuse that health professionals have to experience or, or experience at the hands of patients and patients' family members or friends in a hospital setting. There was a study done in 2018 about the, the violence against healthcare staff, and it talks about these enormous repercussions for the care providers' own well-being if the people taking care of us are being abused by us or by other people. That is going to affect not just them, but also our care. So for their well-being and our own well-being, being as polite as possible, as empathetic as possible with the people who are caring for you is of the utmost importance. This, you know, the Ontario Council of Hospital Unions surveyed their hospital workers and 68% said that they'd been physically assaulted in the past year. That is an astronomical number and certainly something we should bear in mind when we're in a hospital setting. Good point. Uh, one of the things you want to do when you get into the hospital, of course, is get out as quickly as you can, and there are some tips on how to recover faster. Mm-hmm. There are lots of ways we can do that, from food to having family visit us um, to making sure to get out of bed and and walk, which we don't always feel like doing when we're not feeling well, but it's super important. Um, but one of the things that has been shown again time and time again is that um, sleep is 
extremely important to recovery. And in a hospital setting, and I'm, I'm sure your listeners have experienced this, um, you know, I have a family member who's just in hospital for a long period of time, and being able to sleep with all the sounds going off and people coming in and out of your room and noise from the hallway and other patients, it's incredibly difficult. So if you ask people caring for you if there's any way to minimize, minimize noises, um, lights, or nighttime interruptions, uh, then try to have that happen, whether or not it's if a medication can be taken slightly later or, um, you know, there are any number of, of things that can be done. Obviously, in some cases, those interruptions are 100% necessary, but for some patients, it, it could be possible. And it's always worth asking. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, also, there's a, a number of inherent risks just being in a hospital, especially for a long stay. Uh, you address that in, in one of the sections. Mm-hmm. So we talk a lot about infections because that is the thing that is top of mind for most people. But there, there are other things from um, how hospital beds, people are injured by hospital, their hospital beds, um, bed sores, you know, things, something we think about a little bit more often. What we don't think about so much, um, and unfortunately is increasing their problem, are bed bugs in some Canadian hospitals. And so we could follow the same the same system that one should probably follow when they come back from hotels, which is to uh, use the hottest wash setting for your laundry and your clothing taken out of the hospital setting and to tumble dry on high heat for 30 minutes. And Just fi- to avoid bringing them into your home. Right. <laughs> yeah. And finally, uh, this is an important last section. It's about speaking up for your own care. Right. So this sort of cycles back to the first point that we made about um, audio recording your discharge information. So asking for copies of your medical records, tests, lab results, doctor's notes, medications, etc., is really important. And we, again, often don't want to bother anyone. We want to get out of the hospital as soon as possible. But having that information before you leave the hospital is so much easier than trying to get it after you've left the hospital. Um, Because, as we know, hospital workers are, you know, overworked in very stressful situations, very, very busy situations, and um, trying to get that after the fact is just complicating matters. So if you can get that um, along with your discharge information, that would be great. It's also helpful if ever, hopefully not, but if ever you suspect that something went wrong and wasn't disclosed, then you have those notes. And in fact, even the daily nurse's notes should be obtained and carefully reviewed because nurses write everything down. Um, so, yes, in, in the case of a problem, it's useful, but it's also just useful to have that for your own files. Fantastic information. That is just eight of the 50 tips about hospital care. And uh, I suggest you read it. It's called Secrets Hospitals Don't Tell You What Patients Need to Know for Their Own Well-Being. It's the cover story of the recent Reader's Digest magazine. It's on newsstands now. And you guys also have a fantastic website, Stephanie. We do, and uh, re- your listeners can check it out at rd.ca. And I just wanted to point out that this piece was written by one of our terrific health writers, Lisa Bendel, who mm-hmm. you know, interviewed hundreds of sources for this piece, so it's worth mentioning her name. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie Verge, for being on Talk to the Town. Thanks for inviting me.